All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What is good, my friends? Happy Friday, presented by Botano. It's the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take. No Jay Rosehill today. He's away with family for the long weekend. So with that in mind, I've summoned a very special co-host for today's show. It's Nick Alberga and former NHL netminder Carter Hudden. Carter, can I call you Maple Leafs legend? Like, technically, you were a Leaf, no? I was for a, for a quick cup of coffee, I guess. Uh, I got to join up with them last year a little bit, and uh, obviously I'm excited to be here, Nick. What was that experience like being a bud? I know you're a Thunder Bay native. Yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. So I, I married into like the Leaf faithful too. My wife, uh, her father, her brothers are just diehard Leafs fans. So, uh, you know, getting moved to the Leafs there from Arizona. At first I didn't go. It was kind of, uh, I stayed in Arizona. Then finally, I think when Mrazek hurt his groin, uh, Dubas kind of gave me the call and said, okay, uh, you got to get up here. And I got up there and started working on getting back ready to play. And it was pretty cool to be around there, right? The Mecca of hockey and, and just growing up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, obviously the Leafs is the place to be. So it was a really cool experience and getting to see how they run uh, the organization. Well, it's great to have you because often on this show, I've been calling for a goaltending summit, uh, perhaps as soon as this summer, because every fucking goalie gets hurt every given night. Um, and the Leafs are no different than any other team in this league. But we have to start with last night. Um, I stayed up to watch the entirety of this game. I felt like I was on the couch. It was like an ass groove on that couch now. But seven periods 
I'd love to get that perspective from a goalie in this league. Yeah, that is that is a tough position to be playing in. Um, you know, it's different when you're a player and you can jump the boards, get a little shift in and get back off and get some rest. Where as a goalie, you got to be on because you don't know when it's coming, right? And, and majority of the work we do is like the pre-shot stuff, right? Like So maybe, you know, they got up obviously a ton of shots, but the mental fortitude to stay in a game like that is is something else. But you have two goalies that are kind of two different styles of play too. Where Freddie's a bigger guy, a little more methodical, um, manages the crease a little bit different than Sergey. Where Bob is, you know, he works hard and there's already been a lot of notes about how much weight Bob loses in a game. So you you got to think, how is that going to be coming down now into the next game, the effect of it? But it's uh, definitely a lot of wear and tear playing that many minutes. I think from Elise's perspective, Hudson, it was so tough to watch that game. On one end, you have Sergei Bobrovsky, who was outstanding in round two and obviously led to Toronto's demise. On the other, you have contract year Frederick Anderson, always injured, but it's uh, so funny how he seems to be here at the right time and the moment for his contract. And I, I thought he was really good last night as well. But, um, you know, what was the longest game that you played in your career? Do you recall like a game that went that long? Because again, watching that game, I didn't feel so much for the players. I, I felt for the goalies, like that's stressful, stressful moments in a hockey game. Yeah, I was, I, I, for me, the longest was just the normal overtime. Um, in the play, majority of the time in the playoff, I was just making sure that the door was open and uh, cheering the boys <laughs> on. But we, uh, we had one that went to triple overtime in Nashville against San Jose, um, which was crazy. I, and it was one of those late starts because of the time zone. So by the time puck yeah. drop hit, it was 830 game went to like past two in the morning and i remember coming out for the first overtime and everybody was just hammered and then by second overtime it like quieted down and by third everybody rallied again and everybody was just giving her again in nashville and what a scene and mike fisher scored the winner in uh, triple overtime and i remember just uh the jubilation they had the the view of the bench everybody hopping over the boards and guys falling every which way so it was uh, obviously a good memory the best part about that Matthew Kachuk goal last night is how quickly he went to the room, presumably to get a, a shake in him or some pizza or some food, man. Like these guys were so gassed. Like half the team was in the dressing room when he scored. The other half was just like sitting there waiting because we always have to do that in this day and age as you see it on your screen. And now we have to wait to make sure there's no offside or goalie interference. There's like uh, so many things uh, that have to go on before we know it's, uh, it's a conclusive goal, eh? I know. And he's just pointing to the door, right? You can see that in celebration. <laughs> hey, I know a few guys in the American League have done that one in, in Manitoba Moose there where they score and they just go straight out the door in the shootout or OT. And uh, I guess get the boys in there, get in the cold tubs and start recovering. But uh, what a finish. Dude, look how they had to pick up Bob there. It reminded me, um, to your point, it reminded me of Derek Fisher. Ooh, is that a, <laughs> is that a shawarma commercial? Well, after that? There. <laughs> I don't know. We're not sponsored, so fuck them. Uh, Derek Fisher reminded me of Derek Fisher years back. The Lakers in San Antonio hit a winning shot and then like bolted to the room because we didn't know if it uh, went off in time. But what a win for the Florida Panthers. What a magical run that team is on. And we'll talk about them more coming up. This one alert all to subscribe. Tap that like button. Leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. By the way, Carter, where can people uh, find you on Instagram? I know you're not on Twitter right now. Uh, Instagram under uh, Huts40 is my handle, so you can check me out there. And I'll, you know, start to, as I dive in a little more to this, uh, hopefully uh, start to put some more stuff up. It's great to have you on, my man. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you can find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take. You'll find us. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. Drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. We'll get to them a bit later on in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. Yes, our amazing graphic. And uh, aptly named Hutton's 
hunch. I love alliteration, by the way. But I wanted to get the outsider's <laughs> perspective on everything that's transpired. And I like the fact that you have the tie in with the Maple Leafs. You, you had a cup of tea with them. Your family's pretty much grown into it. Uh, what was your perspective of another disappointing and crippling postseason exit? It's it's tough the way that it went in the sense of, you know, you, you get over that hurdle of the first round, right? There's almost like this jubilation. And then to come out and lay an egg, um, it was almost like the first round hangover. You know, it's like they, they had already won their playoffs, which is disappointing to me because, you know, you thought this was their time to break through. And, and you look at a lot of different factors that are involved in it. Obviously, losing Samsonoff doesn't help. Um, I, I don't think Wall was a problem. I think Wall played great as well. But you get in there and a lot of guys underperforming where, um, you know, obviously the deal, like you have Tavares making the big money um, and he comes through in the first round, you know, scores the overtime winner. He gets them through and, and just to be non-existent, um, you know, scoring two goals max each game against Florida. And even when you start to dissect it more, in my opinion, you look back at that first round against Tampa when they, they did win, a lot of those games they were outplayed in. Uh, and they had a late minute comeback there, the one that O'Reilly scored the goal in the last minute, and they end up winning in overtime. And, you know, once you get to overtime, it's a bit of a crapshoot. And even when you go back to, you know, the other one where uh, Riley tied it late with maybe three or four minutes left in the period, yeah. you know, so those games are could go the other way very simply, and maybe we're not even talking about the second round. So it wasn't just like a cakewalk through the first round. So to come out and play this Florida team that is obviously very deep, um, and watching the way the game was played, I was at game five in Toronto and they just grind. They just, there's a lot of perimeter play and they, and they keep teams to the outside where I found watching the Leafs, it would be like you'd hold puck possession and then all of a sudden you come down and you're giving up a high quality chance um, where I didn't see that as much in the, on the other side of the ice. And, and you have those game breaker players where you talk about like Nick Cousins and Sam Bennett and these guys that are just sandpaper and you get to this time of year and that's what you need. And I, I think it kind of really pushed them over the top. It's funny, I, you know, watching that game last night felt like I, you know, saw the Spider-Man, you know, meme, like Spider-Man looking at each other, the whole meme we know on social media, because it felt like two teams just know their identity right now. Like, I think that's such an astute point that I think you look at it from the Florida perspective, there's so much belief, there's so much buy-in. And then conversely, you look at that Leafs team, it's just a different story where at times and bits and pieces, even in the Tampa series, the Florida series specifically, they looked lost where I think identity is big in this time of year, consistency is big, and every night it seems like the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know what you're going to get from those two teams, right? Yeah, it, and it is, and it's it's kind of that relentless mentality, right? You think Carolina, they've yeah. kind of set the tone now for a few years, and you look at Carolina now without they're missing, you know, some of their best players, some of their best offensive players, and they haven't missed a beat because it all falls back into that structure, and Brenda Moore has drilled that into them. They know how to play. They, they're playing on the defensive side of the puck first. And it's hard to score against them. They make it hard to score against you no matter who's in the lineup. And it gets to a point where last night, you know, they get a power play goal, right? They get that power play. And that is what kind of changes the game where it seems like hockey is going in that thing. It's so well coached now. And there's really no hiding identity. When you go to play a team, everything is totally dissected. We watch so much video. Like literally – we would watch a power play or anything, even as a goalie, I know where every guy is almost going to shoot from in that sense. Right. So it's, it's, you have the structure. Now it's a matter of, can we as a team play and make the chances as little as possible and win the game on the power and the, you know, special team side of it. 
And again, the margin for error is, is razor thin. Like, you know, I have a problem with people looking back at the Florida series and it's still out there on social media. Oh, the fucking refing, like they should have had a call here and a call there. It's like, no, Toronto's power play was two for 11. Every year does the same thing. Hell, I said this going into the Carolina and Florida series, how vital that power play will be for both sides, namely Carolina. They got a couple, I believe, last night. I know they lost that game, but it sets a tone for a series. I think for the Maple Leafs' perspective, you don't have to look far to figure out why they lost that series. It was determination. It was consistency. It was stability. Like, they just didn't play their game enough. And again, to your point, like, this is not a thing that crept up on them. Like, I would say ever since the trade deadline, and, and people gave me shit on social media for asking, did they make too many moves at the deadline? Well, I mean, it is what it is, but that team did not play well for a good chunk of the last, what, 25 to 30 games of the season. No, and you always... I feel like this is always a topic we circle back to every year in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, what what team is playing playoff hockey before the playoff starts? You know, it's it's trying to catch a moving train. True. Like, if you're not accustomed to being in that grind, you look at Florida, you know, who, you know, a real Cinderella run in the sense of if Pittsburgh beats Chicago, Florida, we're not even, Florida's not even in the playoffs, right, in the last game of the year, where now they've been grinding. And, and you look back on that game where they're playing Toronto and Paul Maurice has his absolute snap show on the bench when they're playing like crap they come back and win that game monty gets a winner in overtime and and it propelled them into that and then you have another story where you have alex lyon who is Bobrovsky. if, if florida doesn't make the playoffs we're sitting here talking about how Bobrovsky's overpaid how it's bs he's got a bad yeah. contract and then he's a russian he's just got his money he doesn't care and now we're talking about Bobrovsky winning the con smythe trophy so it just shows you how fragile it is and the parity in the league but you have to find a way to get in and once you're in you know, anything can happen. Yeah, the narrative certainly flips like really, really quickly too. Like I know a lot of people are referencing the Matthew Kachuk trade and what the Leafs should do moving forward. But again, let's not forget how precarious their position was to begin with to get into the postseason, how close they were to being eliminated by Boston. And suddenly the narrative would change tenfold in that situation. But since we have you, we have to navigate through the crease and talk about what could be next for this Maple Leafs franchise. As you alluded to, Joseph Wall was a great story. I love how he had to go back to the American Hockey League to play one playoff game and he was lit up, but so be it. I think that was the biggest positive I can grab outside of Matthew Nyes this season was the emergence of Joseph Wall because I could not remember the last time they had a homegrown talent in between the pipes. It's going to be turbulent, don't get me wrong, and you're the goalie played in this league. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but I think they have something in this kid right now. I do too. Um even his approach to the game, you know, getting to know him a little bit last year, he was out when I was there. So we spent a lot of time, you know, getting ready and he was coming back from shoulder surgery, just to, you know, seem mature beyond his years and, and watching his approach, even going into that first start in Florida, you know, they talk about his meditation and his, you know, that stuff that like, for me, I was a lot more, you know, just aggressive, right? If I had a big game, I was so pumped up and it took years of experience to get to where I think he is now. And it's like anything, these kids, that are younger now are learning the right things earlier, right? And they're making adaption and their whole life becomes, you know, the game and how to, you know, speed up that curve. And he looks like a guy to me that's ready, you know, and I, and I, you always want to talk about picks and how high he is or where he is, but I think the game does the talking. And when I watch him play, he looks like he's ready to go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What can the ceiling be? Like, I think we always have to be careful when talking about young goalies. Like, there's so many perfect examples of that where there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Like, Jake Onger was turbulent at bits and pieces. He's found his game. I even like to look back at like a Connor Hellebuck. It took him a while to get his footing in this league. You look at Spencer Knight right now dealing with some stuff with the Florida Panthers. But what do you think ultimately the ceiling could be for like a Joseph Wall? You know, I, I definitely think he can be like your guy. Um, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be, you know, the Vasilevsky type. Um, you know, those guys are, you know, him and like, you know, Carey Price and these guys that don't come around very yeah. often. But I definitely think he can be a high quality guy for them. And, he, and he's still very young and he, as long as he can be durable, right? But I also think there's this process now of like, how do you protect him, right? I don't think you want him to be the guy outright next year in the sense of, you know, maybe it's a, a 1A, 1B, something you can kind of let him grow into the position. Because what I find is when you get these younger guys that are transitioning from the prospect into the, you know, the NHL, being the guy in the spotlight all year for the Leafs is going to add in a lot of different pressure that he's not totally used to. And I think he's going to have this playoffs to draw back on but at the same time if it starts going south there's really nowhere to run and hide anymore there is not uh that is for sure but i think uh we're all looking forward to seeing what joseph wall can do and i think again it's unique to get your perspective i'd love to know what happens behind the scenes like in the tandem era like things are so different than they were and i always like to bring this up it was a different era like i'm 33 back in the mid 90s late 90s it was you know, Marty Berdur starting 75 times a year. I know you're your buddies with Jamie McLennan, who had a great career backing up, and he had a great career of it. Like, he was good and steady when called upon, and, he, you know, he made it that way. But I think the game and the position has changed so much where it's like you almost have to resort to a tandem because you have to keep your guys fresh for when it matters most in the postseason, right? Yeah, it's the truth. And I, I, I went through that even during my free agency when I, after my year in St. Louis, I had a big year and I, I go to free agency and now I'm negotiating with all these teams and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the best fit for me. I ended up going to Buffalo because I wanted a chance to be the guy. I wanted to throw my hat yeah. in the ring. And Boston was one of the teams that was all over me. They ended up going with Yaroslav Halak. Um, and I didn't want to go to Boston in the sense because I knew I was always going to play, you know, no matter how good I played or it went, you knew Rask was going to be the guy. But their ultimate goal was to get another goalie that could play 40 games because they knew they had Tuka Rask and they knew they could have him rusted and ready to go if they had a high quality guy. And now you look at the same situation in Florida where Bob gets that extra rest headed down the stretch because, you know, obviously it didn't work out the way they played. Um, they didn't plan for that, but Lyon 
gets the lion's share of the games down the stretch. And now you got arrested Bobrovsky and, you know, the Panthers are seven, seven wins away from winning the cup. So that, that tandem is important, especially with the wear and tear and the way that we play now. When I first came in the league, the chances were, you know, on a busy night, you had maybe 12 scoring chances against. Now, sometimes you're seeing 12 chances a period. So it's, it's the wear and tear on our bodies and the way we play is a lot different. So that uh, load management per se becomes a lot more important. It's funny. I vividly remember contract year Carter Hutton, dude. You were outstanding that year. And I remember free agency. I'm like, where's this guy going? And I think I pinpointed it when you called Buffalo. I'm like, oh, shit, that's that's a decision and a half. But I mean, if you you hit it in Buffalo, you're getting a statue there. But like, I understood why you you chose Buffalo just because you want that opportunity. And I think as a goalie around the league, you look and like a lot of jobs are spoken for right off the bat. Yeah, it's tough. And it's it's always it's kind of that musical chairs right where it's there's only so many seats at the table right so you have to be calculated you have to be smart because next thing you know if you if you're if you're bouncing around two teams and they end up getting their number two guy and by the time you circle back and that job's gone next thing you know you're leaving a lot of money on the table so it's it's a it was a good problem to have in that sense but a lot went into it and i think sitting here now retired done from the game I don't regret it by any means. I wanted to give myself a chance to be the guy. I wanted to see where I could go with it. It obviously didn't work out in Buffalo and it wasn't necessarily just all me. There's a lot of different factors that went in there. And, and the plan was to be the guy for a year and help develop Linus Allmark and uh, Linus to this day, me and him have a great relationship. And I, I hope he, well, I, I, he, I know that he's told me many times I've helped him, but he's a hell of a goalie and, and just getting to be around him and to see the way he carries himself. But, also giving him a little bit of my old school ways, I think has, uh, you know, helped him out. Just fingers crossed for that Sabres organization. I know we're a Leaf show, but they got UPL, they got Devin Levi. Don't fuck it up, please, for the life of us. <laughs> I want to see Buffalo. I want to see them back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got to give me the 4 on one on Matt Murray. Like, I, I'll be honest, I've been tough on this guy since his days in Pittsburgh. He won back-to-back Cups, but it's been such a treacherous road since, like, What's the scuttlebutt behind the scenes within the goalie fraternity? Do you guys talk about stuff like that? Because it's just unfortunate. The guys always hurt, but there are athletes like that, right? Yeah, it's it's been a tough go for him. Like so, so Matt's a Thunder Bay boy as well, and you know I spent a lot yeah. of summers training with him, and 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 he he had that quick streamline right to the NHL, right? Things happen fast for him, and he ended up on a team that's a dynasty, and and he played really well. Um, but there was times where he was protected too, right? Where, you know, if he was given up four, Pittsburgh was scoring five or whatever the, the tally was. And the injury bug sets in, it gets tricky, right? Especially when you start dealing with like ankles and, and stuff, especially the way we play. We use so much leverage on our on our ankles. And, and now obviously the concussion is another thing that is, where does it go from here? But this was the trade that for me, you look back on it now and, and you knew the risk there was it wasn't it wasn't like a hidden thing you know they moved in and that's where you go back to Kyle who is you know obviously a great GM but that loyalty right he has those ties to guys and sometimes maybe is it blinding to him and and I and I hope Murray can make the comeback and be healthy but it's it's a hard road like I I dealt with a bad ankle injury and it gets tricky but uh you know especially now like you don't get any younger these these goalies are younger and younger and better and better so he's on the other side of it now for sure I genuinely feel bad for him, and I, you know, just hope he can find his game again, and it doesn't lead to a scenario where he's retiring early. Still has one year left on his deal. I'm very curious to see what the Leafs do 
with Matt Murray because I think it makes the most sense to come back with a Wall and Samsonov tandem. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, by the way, that Ilya Samsonov is back. Like I think he, he he's got he's in a position where he should command a pretty decent, uh, you know, AAV right around four or five million. I would say. Yeah, this is the deal that scares me, just because of like yeah. Samsonov's past, where they did everything in their power here to in Washington to give him the job. They wanted him to be the guy and it was, yeah. you know, he was always get he was getting in trouble. He was, you know, granted he's older, more mature now and maybe there's a factor, but then there is that scary factor for me of like if we give him this deal, he was on a show me deal this year. I love this deal at the start of his year. I said it to numerous people, I'm like I love him on the one year deal because he's got to perform. Right? There's pressure on him, there's and then you add in the, you know, the old Russian factor, right? You give him their ticket and they shut the mill. So like, is that, is that a fear? Is that something like that maybe happens? I don't know. Like, but with the pressure of Toronto and all this, you know, he's played really, really well. And it's going to be hard to just let him walk with the factor of like, you have Matt who's on a big deal. I don't know what you do with that contract now, but, and we'll be ready to go. Yeah, you talk about pina coladas. You give Matt Murray one of those, uh, set you off to Robita Island, and we'll see you in a year, or we're going to place you on LTIR. That's probably the decision at hand, but some difficult decisions. I think you're so right on Samsonov. I think that's that could be the under-the-radar biggest you know, decision of the offseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs, because there is risk. I'm with you. Like He had a good year, does get hurt quite a bit. A lot of goalies do, but you got to be right with that AAV, specifically when you're about to pay Matthews, maybe Nylander, Marner's in there, Tavares is in there. So we don't know who the GM is right now, which I think is hilarious. Not really hilarious, but kind of different than the norm in this league. Cal uh, Dubas, to the best of our knowledge, taking his time to decide what he wants to. We haven't heard from Brennan Chanan. This team got ousted a week ago. Um, assuming, you know, everything stays status quo, do you think this team should run it back? I know there's been a lot of conversation the last couple of days about, you know, doubling up, looking at the core four, making some trades here. Would you just come back with the same roster or the same identity, if you will? I, I truthfully don't know how you can. Um, it's going to be tough. But but who is the piece that moves, right? Like, I think a good example would be, like, you obviously look at the Panthers moving Huberto, right? He set a record season. Um, you know, it's unbelievable. Nobody saw that coming. But, like, is there a better time to get rid of a guy than, you know, his value being the highest? But who is that piece? And I, I looking at this team and – and the NHL in general, the more you realize the regular season really is just about getting in. It's not about dominating the regular season. Um, you know, you could talk about how the Leafs only lost two games in a row, I think three times during the regular season and all exactly. these different factors. But like at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because it's all about the playoffs. And year after year after year after year now, you look at this and it's been the same result. So I, I don't understand how you could possibly not make that move. And I, I think Dubas's interview, hearing him talk, it's almost like he knows it too, where in years past, it almost sounded like he had that blind trust of like, this is the core and, and we're going to do it with this core. And now his reaction is, I think he knows that he can't and whether, you know, he's taking that step back to t figure out with his family or what he's going to do, where does it go from here? I don't know. And, and which piece do you move? Like, you know, Nylander is always a guy that leaves you on more. Like he's so good, but then sometimes so bad on the other side of the pocket and, you know, Marner's a guy that, you know, players like Mitch Marner don't come around very often. And, and obviously Matthews is who he is. And I think the, obviously the contract Tavares making 11 million is still the one that stings, but he's still putting up 35 goals a regular season. And, 
it, there's a lot of moving parts that are involved, but I don't, I don't know how you go back to the well again. I'm right there with you. I think it would be the definition of insanity, considering we've seen this rodeo for like five, six years now. And we've given this team so many chances and they can't push through. And I think in in some respects, it's fair to draw correlations to the Florida Panthers. Again, a lot has to go right for your team. But I, I do think they're a team that looked at their roster, said, hey, we won the President's Trophy, but it wasn't good enough. We got to alter the DNA, the identity of this team. They went ahead and did it. It took them a while to get going. They changed their head coach going away, uh, you know, from a guy like Andrew Burnett, who had a great second half to last year. And look how it turned out. Ultimately, again, things have to go in your favor and all that. But I think you have to take that leap of faith sometimes. I think that's the, the concern within Leafs Nation right now is say you make that, you know, franchise-altering trade, whatever you want to call it, and it doesn't work out, what's next? I think you have to make one of these deals, but be prepared for what could come with it, right? I.e., you trade Marner, he rips it up you know, goes far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You have to be prepared. There's an element of risk and gamble to life, no? Yeah, for sure, right? And obviously the Panthers are the exact, you know, the the one you want to look at. But there's been other ones where you've moved a guy and it's gone south too, right? So it's yeah. there is that risk. and I, But again, is is the risk higher running it back again with the same result, with the same – and then, you know, maybe it doesn't go well and, and Matthews is gone. Um, or who – you know, yeah. and then you're losing him for nothing. So it's – it's one of those things that there is a lot of risk involved and it's it's definitely going to be interesting, but they definitely have a good team. But I, I just don't know if they have the back end that you see winning teams with, right? You look at like, even you look at Vegas, you look at Dallas, you look at mm-hmm. Carolina, they're back. Even the way that like, like Mark Stahl has found the fountain of youth in Florida. And is it Mark Stahl or is it the way that they play? Is it the structure of their game versus the way that the Leafs play where you have this freewheeling offense that doesn't help benefit you know the back end so it's there's definitely a lot to take in and i don't know the right move and i don't think anybody knows the right move at this point the right move will tell us next year when it's uh you know this time of year again consensus seems to be the structure the game plan like you look at florida specifically how wide open they were last game or last year i should say paul maurice comes in different story so you start to wonder what that means for sheldon keith anyway the botano wrap-up is presented by botano.ca the game starts now 19 plus Please play responsibly. And I'm on a bit of a heater here, Huts. I've won two in a row. My play for today, I'm going to take the Dallas Stars money line on the road in Vegas. Game one of the Western Conference final, plus 110. I think it's been all about the roadside here in the postseason. In general, I like Dallas to win this series. And I like Ottinger over Aiden Hill. What do you make of that goaltending matchup? What do you make of this series? I, I don't mind this pick at all. Um, you know, Vegas are definitely homers in the sense of, you know, that's a tough rink to go into and play. But I, I think Dallas has that maturity in playoff sense. And I, I just see maybe a little bit of the Aiden Hill hangover too. He just won a humongous game, the True. biggest game of his career. And now he's got to come out and try to go to the well again, where this Ottinger is, you know, when he's on, he's on. So I, uh, I'll definitely back you on that one. I like it. And, and that to me is the big story of the Western Conference final. If Jake Ottinger finds his game, I, I think it's curtains for... Uh, your boy, Jack Eichel, and the Buffalo Sabres. I just think <laughs> Dallas has a bit more depth. Tyler Sagan's playing like a man possessed. You know, if they can never get Robertson going to, he's got two goals in 13 games, both on the power play. But I'm really, really looking forward to the Western Conference final. And I would say the East final has lived with expectations so far as well. Seven periods, including four <laughs> periods of free hockey, as we love to call it. Just a crazy, crazy game. You can only wonder what's in store for game two of that series. As we shift on over... To the chat, uh, people saying what up to Carter Hutton, special co-host for today's show. It's great to see the support of the chat here. Hit the like button, says Tim. 
any gems in the draft for a defenseman? I really don't know that, to be honest. We'll have somebody who covers the draft on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Super strict nine. Wall definitely has full-time starter potential. He's 24. And that's a good point to make too, right? I think the comparisons I was trying to draw to guys like Knight and, and even Carter Hart, like these are younger guys who are coming in the league at 20 or 21. I think it's easy to forget Joseph Wall's in his mid-20s, right? Yeah, it's it's a big advantage. I even look at myself like I didn't yeah. leave university till I was 24. I went to 2024. 20, I was a late bloomer in that sense, but that extra maturity. And I remember so many goalies as I was coming up that would come out a major junior and they were 20 and they would just get eaten up. It's hard, right? Yeah. Even you look at like you, you like UPL you talked about earlier. Yeah. And his struggles, he's still so young. They're already so quick to want to ship him out. Like he's not even close to being ready. And you think. I didn't really make it till I was 26, 27, full-time in the NHL. And I got to play for, you know, almost a decade in the NHL where it, imagine I got thrown in when I was 20. I, I might not be sitting here today with the same career that I had. So there is a maturity factor and you don't want to burn it up, but he he's one of those goalies that looks like he's ready to make the step here. Kelly rates in, let Dubas walk. And a lot of people going back and forth. I think that's my curiosity, man. I've been saying this all week. Where in the world is Brennan San Diego, Brennan Shanahan, man? Like, I'm just, I want to hear from the guy, dude. It's been a week and, and just nothing. I know. It's it's very interesting to see him, you know, crickets on that front. And uh, I, I know Dubas takes a lot of heat, but I don't know where you go. Where do you upgrade from that? Um, where does it go from that? I, I He, he kind of moved. And he made a bunch of stuff to help this team and give them what they need. And it still didn't happen. So I think I look more to the bench boss than I do the GM at this point. And selfishly, uh, I'm one of the biggest fact daddy guys you'll find. And Rosie loves him too. We love Ryan O'Reilly on this show, man. I was so pumped to see him in the blue and white. Maybe didn't go to belief and expectation. I don't think he was fully 100%. Obviously, he had the foot, the finger injury. Who knows what he was playing with. But I, I would love a perfect scenario where they're able to bring Ryan O'Reilly back. I think it's going to be tough. But him and Luke Shen, I'd love to see those guys back. Yeah, two quality people too, right? And and just dressing room guys, guys that have yeah. the maturity and to understand this market, understand the pressure. So say if next year there was a little bit of a lull during the regular season to be like, doesn't matter, boys. And, and you know, keep, keep the ship going straight. And uh, those are guys that don't come around very often either. Huts, phenomenal job today. Once again, to subscribe to this beautiful podcast at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Hammer that like button, give us a share. Anything to help that algorithm. Again, we're available wherever you find your podcasts. And again, Huts, why don't you share that Instagram of yours? Uh, it's at Huts40. So yeah, you can check me out and hopefully to dabble a little more into my uh, insight here with you, buddy. It was great having me on here. Holy fuck. Let's let's get this guy back on Twitter here. What are we doing here, Huts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get on it. We'll get, I was trying to protect myself a little bit there. It's, uh, yeah. It wasn't a great place to be when you're playing for the Buffalo Sabres and you're starting a lot of games that aren't going well. Yeah, I hear you. And I was probably one of those people digging on you. I'll be honest. Let's dig up some more tweets. <laughs> but uh, Huts' hot takes, I think, coming soon to this channel. But uh, Carter, great stuff. Have a great long weekend, buddy. Okay, thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. There you have it, the one and only Carter Hutton. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. Of course, to my co-host Jay Rosehill and producer Alex. Bang up job as per usual. So again, a programming note, we're not with you on Monday, back on Tuesday. I'm going to get in the mix with a couple drinks this week and I'll be back hot and heavy on Tuesday. Let's not hope for a news dump. That's exactly what's going to happen. Five Easter time, the Leafs are going to announce something and I'm going to be fucking pooched. But that's what happens. I'm Nick Alberga. Take care.